It's a radical thing in today's culture for a young man to reject what the culture tells him will make him happy in favor of what God is showing him will truly make him happy. These are the honest conversations of the men discerning the priesthood in the Diocese of Nashville, seminarians learning what it means to follow Christ's call. You're going to have to interact with the people and you're going to have to knock on their door and be like, hey, like, I haven't seen you in a while. Are you okay? Everything's going on. Dealing with the challenges. Sometimes I was like, boy, I wish I would have paid more attention in that class. <laughs> I'd be able to answer this question a little bit better. Let me get back to you. Finding the beauty. At least for us in our seminarian time, um, we have to do papers. We have to do all these things, but always uh, create some times where you're going to spend time with the Lord. This is the Nash Vocations Podcast. Adapted for Nashville Catholic Radio. Seminarians for the Diocese of Nashville. And again, this episode is entitled uh, Four Pillars. Again, four pillars or dimensions and stuff. But like uh, that's in reference to the um, the kind of basic structure of the basic kind of fundamentals behind seminary formation that is governed, that the church uses that is that. For the for, that the church uses for the entire church, so every seminary across the world, like basic seminary formation of, for the Catholic Church revolves around um, like the priestly plan of formation program program for priestly PPF. formation. Yeah, PPF. Pro, yeah, PPF. And within the PPF, like the the PPF is structured around these four. Pillars is some people like I think now the terminology that's used dimensions. is dimensions that all all of seminary formation is centered upon, and so they have different areas in which basically the goal is to get a well-rounded priest, and and I'm just list the uh, pillars of formation, and then we we can just launch right into a discussion of what that is and what's the nature of it and why are they important and um, is there a pillar more important than others and, and and everything like that. And so the um, the pillars are uh, pre uh, not priestly, but uh, in, yeah, we're trying to be priest, but um, intellectual, pastoral, um, human, human. And spiritual formation, and and so those are the four pillars. And oh, don't you ask something? Oh, I'm sorry. And so those are the four pillars that basically we are all supposed to be trained and be well rounded in all of those things, in all of those aspects of becoming a priest, and so. I guess we could just launch right into a discussion of it because we're gonna get we're gonna put pretty much cover it all, and again, what are the four pillars of formation? Again, I just mentioned it. Again, uh, the intellect, uh, intellectual pillar or dimension, spiritual, pastoral, and um, human. Human. All right, and so, are you uh, any good on your human one, Justin? Because you keep forgetting it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be the intellectual. Pillar. Yeah, those four, uh, that's why they call them dimensions, because uh, the formation of a, of a seminarian or of a future priest should be around all those four. Um, they used to be called pillars, not dimensions. Yeah, I think, so just history real quick. Before you, uh, in the Middle Ages, 
if you want to be a priest, you would go talk to your parish priest. They're like, okay, cool. And then you probably talk to your bishop and then you would basically intern with your parish priest or whatever priest the bishop sent you to. So it was an internship basically. After the Council of Trent, that's when seminary started. And in the canons of Trent, it says that you that the diocesan bishop is supposed to have at least one seminary within his diocese. So then that's when seminarians were kind of born in the sense. They, the men started to go to seminaries and be formed. The dimensions thing and the that type of stuff, I, I just looked it up real quick. And the program of priestly formation was made in 2005. So before Vatican II, it was kind of crazy a little bit in how it, they still went to seminaries. But right now, one of our professors here at St. Meinrad, Dr. Alvis, he has us reading a book that Brent and uh, Nonzo and uh, Oscar have read, but it's about the five young men. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's Catholic right. watershed. Yeah, Catholic yeah. watershed. And like they went to Mundelein in Chicago and like it's, you're, I'm reading that and it's crazy. Like, cause like they, they kept them in the seminary and they kept them like pretty much like monks. Yeah. Like and- they couldn't go out or anything. And even in some other countries, uh, even though they ha- they follow some kind of... Well, the I mean, basis, Mexico's like that, isn't the it? The basis of formation in some seminaries, especially Africa and Latin America, uh, the seminarian is not allowed to go out of the seminary uh, unless there's a medical issue or... And, of course, you have to go by, you know, personal stuff. Those are the only times you're allowed to go out. And, and of course, you can go to the parishes and, and, and to your own ministry. Yeah, but my, my point in bringing that up is I think I could be wrong. I, I, I fully admit that. I, I admit that. But I think the formation, the pillars and dimensions is relatively new in the sense that that, that language is being used. Yeah. Like not, it's always been there that we, we need good pastors. We need smart pastors. We need holy pastors. We need uh, uh, human pastors. But I don't think that language is used prior and after Vatican II because the program for priestly formation is only 2005, so. Well, and, and also we have to, going back into the history of, of, of a seminary formation, uh, we have to understand that at the time when, when people wanted to be priests, of course, we talked about going into the internship and, you know, that internship, you would basically shadow a priest. You, you, you will learn from him. But one of the biggest issues from, from this uh, way of formation was it a lot of priests were lacking uh, uh, a lot of intellectual and of course a lot a lot of personal stuff and um, and actually one of the one of the saints uh, from from the church that who we give the the honor of starting uh, seminary formation Saint Charles Borromeo he was one of the major uh, pushers of creating uh, an environment for priests to. First of all, to, to be able to understand their theology. There's always been formation in, right, like, yes. in seminary, like history and everything. Yeah. Forming a priest. But like the just like you said, the language of the four pillars came out of John Paul II. And actually like, right. in that in his And uh, actually, yeah, in, 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 in the new in the new Ratio for yeah. that's what they call it dimensions. Yeah. And we should well and it's a pretty new stuff. When we when we go to is one pillar more important than the others, I think that's when we we'll, we should bring up like that's why they're changing the language from pillars to dimension because yeah. pillars makes it seem like you segregate one and then the other. So like you as yeah. a person are segregated inside, but it's not. That's why it's dimensions because it's not one 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 one. It's you're it's all together. It's cohesive. So like another kind of a aspect on the history portion is that again there's always been 
formation and a life of the church's training of her priest and stuff. There's always been what we identify today as the pillars has always been present in some way or form throughout the church's mm-hmm. history. There's always been certainly some type of intellectual formation and stuff going all the way back to the early days where they, of course they had to learn the ins and outs of the Bible and church doctrine and stuff. And, and there's always been like, again, I guess like even just how to read, <laughs> yeah, even just, even just, just how to read basically and stuff. And so like, and there's always been like some aspect there, even if it wasn't formally recognized. And so now post like as you move closer to like the like the post Vatican II era, basically starting all the way from Trent, which created the seminary system and going and and, and its developments going to the current time, um, now you get a more formalized process. And then, then when you come to John Paul II, uh in his uh, encyclical uh Pastor Dabovobis, like I will give you priest, uh um he outlined like in his in his talking about okay the priesthood in general, a big part of that of his encyclical was just about priestly formation and and kind of providing um, like the, the a, a more uh, like a, a more detail into the structure of okay what is the mission that the church has to uh, in in the training of priests and the and then this then then that's where you get like the more formal formal. Uh, terminology that we're using of four pillars and then now it's become to be four dimensions. But in his original kind of language, John Paul II referred refer to it as uh, four pillars of, semin- of seminary formation. And what he was trying to get at is, okay, you this is basically how we get a priest. If we want a template as to try to cover the entirety of, of formation of guys into, into becoming priest, it can be all summarized in these four pillars. And so, and and then basically all seminary, and and then once he laid down this kind of template, then the church developed from that template what is called the the PPF, the Program of Priestly Formation. Uh, And then then, then that is like in the basic, like kind of program that the whole church uses. And so it's based, centered and based around these four kind of aspects of basic formation of a, of a man into a priest. Again, just like I said, the goal is to get a well-rounded priest and stuff. And so, um, yeah, and, and one of the things, uh, the program for priestly formation, it's a, a document created for, for from the USCCB. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, we're going to be talking about the, uh, the PPF, program for prison formation uh, but also we have to understand that in other countries uh, they still follow the four dimensions or the four pillars uh, but we we in the US we follow the program for police oh. formation. Yeah, the yeah. program for police formation is Only is unique US. to the USCCB oh, United States Catholic Conference of Bishops. Okay, yeah, thank you for that correction. Thank you. Like for that and, correction. And also too like since this podcast is mostly for men who are maybe discerning or thinking about discerning a priest priesthood, uh, if you Google program for priest formation, that'll pop up and you can read through that mm-hmm. and it'll kind of give you uh, an idea of what we're talking about. Yeah. So you can, imp- you can impress the uh, vocation director when you go in or like when you meet with them, it's like, oh, I understand that you have like the, uh, the PPF and everything. Like and that. also so, too, <laughs> if you're, a, if you're a mom or a dad or, or, or a, uh, 
a sibling listening to this and your son or brother is thinking about going to seminary and you, and you want to read it, you can too, because it kind of lays out what seminary is supposed to do. And if you're a young woman and you are thinking about maybe discerning religious life, I mean, it wouldn't hurt for you to read it. I mean, religious life is not the same and they're, they have their own programs, but they probably focus on the same kind of dimensions that we do. And, and at the heart of like a, a priestly formation, especially through the PBF, like John Paul II himself said, like basically the foundation, like the, like the, the, the pillar or dimension that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the pillars is the human formation. So like, what is the, what is the human formation pillar or dimension? And I guess like, yeah, yeah, just leave it at that. Like, what is human formation? Human formation. We talked about this a little bit uh, in one of the other episodes. I can't remember which one. I think it was uh, just, no, I don't remember. There's an invitation to listen to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically to make sure that you're not a jerk. <laughs> like, that's basically what the human formation is. Like, as I've said before, you come into seminary as a diamond, you're rough around the edges. Seminary formation helps to smooth out those edges. And that and those rough edges are mostly your human formation. Like they have to be smooth. I don't know about you. I was already a saint when I came in. Well, <laughs> I mean <laughs> I've I mean well, in one that's of why <laughs> in one of the He things, was a religious beforehand, so So and one of the things that, that actually uh, well that we work in human formation, it, it's Many times it's how do how do we deal with other people? Mm -hmm. How do we deal with our brothers who, you know, we we, we live together, we pray together. Um, of course, at one point you're gonna be like, okay, so we're we're together too much. So how do I deal with that too? In that in that sense of a of a learning and growing experience, and especially developing our humanity. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah I mean, you can. I was going to say, you can think about human formations, like everything outside of like, like intellectual, pastoral, but really, I mean, human formation is in all those at the same time, you know? Yeah. Um, pastorally, especially that. Yeah. Pastorally, yeah, intellectually, um, spiritually and yeah, definitely spiritually. Cause it's <clears throat> all in all those different players are also helping you, you know, to become obviously, you know, through prayer, a better human. Mm -hmm. Um, and all the other aspects. Um, yeah, and I think one of the things that, that we do have, I, I would like to, to acknowledge, is that all people, like everyone, it's different. So we said the pillar of the human formation part, but that doesn't mean that you have to be exactly like us. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a time, there's a way, and there's, there's better ways that you might develop than, you know, your brother next to you, but... We all working to be better persons. Mm -hmm. There's a certain term I like to use, uh, like cookie cutter. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So you don't want to be like every other seminary, like your your own individual self with your own gifts. Yeah, and I think that's that's another part of uh, of our one of our uh, podcasts. It's uh, be uh, unique. Oh, be oh, definitely self. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I think it was seminary life that we kind of talked about this a little bit. But yeah, that, that's important, like, because you don't want to be a cookie cutter. And in part of human formation, because most dudes who come into seminary, they're coming right out of high school, like a lot of them. Mm -hmm. So they don't, they're, they're like 17 and 18. So they have no idea who they are as a person. Yeah. So that's part of human formation too, is it's finding out who you are as a person and as a child of God and as a beloved of God. Yeah. And I think also like 
it's finding out who you are, but also like becoming comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you got to be comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I would also add like the, um, basically like the church wants good men to be formed for the priesthood. And in order to have good priests, you first got to have good men. And basically being a good man is being, a, you know, a, a, that's human formation is learning to become a, 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 like a mature man, a mature human being. Um, that's human formation right there. And that, and, and we can see why John Paul II put that as the basis for just seminary formation for all of the pillars. And that's like, like you can be, and we, we're going to talk about the other pillars as well, but like you can be the most, the most spiritual, at least outward appearing spiritual person. You can be the smartest p- person and you can, and you can do pastoral things. But if you're not at first a, just a decent human being, then everything else that you do is not going to mean squat. It's not because like people see, okay, he, he does priestly things, but it's like, nobody's going to approach you to, to, to allow them to minister to you unless they can, they know that you're just a human being. And, 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 and basically again, I mean, Jesus Christ, I mean, the son of God became man, became a human being. So it makes sense for you to actually try to be a human being. I think one, one of the things that I always say is uh, you cannot give what you don't have. Mm-hmm. So many people will come and ask you how to be a person. Well, if, if you want to help them out, of course you have to be able to know who you are. You need to know that you're a person. Yeah, nobody wants to jerk as a priest. Yeah. Yeah. I got time for that. Yeah. I got time for that. Yeah. And so now that segues us into the next kind of area of a priestly formation. And that is the one that there's one one that people always associate with seminaries and that okay yeah people go to seminary and they're praying all day and stuff like that <laughs> like, like like it's like uh, especially seminarians who are seminaries for religious orders and stuff the, the impression that mo- most people probably get is that seminaries they go off to seminary and they pray all day and everything like that and and though we do pray we don't pray like all day and every single waking moment but prayer is an essential part of formation. Mm-hmm. It's, part, it's the spiritual part of formation. What is the spiritual, what is in more detail, the, the spiritual part, part of formation? Well, go ahead. I think first of all, it's uh, as, a, as a person who, who hopefully those who, who enter seminary and m- many of us, we get to the priesthood, we have to be able to pray to, to the Lord. Uh, not only just be there as as a priest who just do mass and and, and you know it's just there uh, because he has to be there, but he has to be a person that can re- not only he can relate to to other people, but he has to be able to relate with God. Hmm. I think the relationship and and I think we we've been talking about this you know uh, spiritual life, all these saints, all these all these uh, holy people that we have in the church. They, they, the way they got to, to a sainthood is because they had a good relationship with God. And I think uh, in the spiritual uh, dimension of, 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 the priest, of the seminary formation, it's in order to create and foster and develop a, a, a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Oscar has kind of touched on the spiritual side of the spiritual pillar slash dimension, but the more practical side of it is like, 
you will come to seminary and you may know how to pray a little bit, but you probably don't know how to pray. So, so the spiritual pillar is like you getting with your formator and you getting particularly with your spiritual director and like your formator may give you some suggestions like, Hey man, you should do this, but it's your spiritual director who really sit down with and be like, all right, how do you pray? You should probably pray this way. You need to probably do some Lexio Divina. You probably should stop praying the rosary so much and focus more on your relationship with Jesus Christ as a person. You need to do this, this, and this. You should be doing this. Uh, you need to read some spiritual books. Like he will give you advice and tell you some things to do, but it's not just him sitting there going, all right, here's a checklist, do X, Y, Z. No, it's you talking with him and developing a relationship with him so that he better knows you so that you can then better know God. And he'll tell you like, okay, like you'd like to do Lexio Divina. That's awesome. But you also like to do this other thing. Like you've only got so much time in a day. You, you're going to have to focus on one more than the other. And whichever one you focus on, make sure that you go really hard on that so that you can really dive into it and develop a relationship with Christ within that particular aspect, whether it be Lexo Divina, meditation, contemplation, whatever it is that helps you really connect with God. Yeah, and you really, like, you understand, like, kind of like what is your particular way that's good for you, mm-hmm. um, yeah, through your spiritual director. Because, like, when we when you come to seminary, you're, at least, like, here, I've imagined it's the same at all seminaries. You're assigned no. to a spiritual director. In most other seminarians, you get to choose your own spiritual director. Okay. So, um, so, yeah, so everybody, every seminarian has their own spiritual director, which they meet, um, like, once a month. Um, Once a month. It depends on the. Seminary. It depends on the seminary. But yeah, you you do have a spiritual. Uh-huh. So I know I, I meet with mine ideally maybe like every other three weeks. Close to it's week. usually every three or two weeks. So, but it's it's enough. But again, yeah, it's it, often. it it's often enough. Right. So which is huge because then they can help you and guide you. Um, just you know talking with them, you know they get to know you, mm-hmm. um, and kind of like, you know what your spiritual life was you know, before. You know, you entered, so they can kind of, so they can work with that. A big part of the spiritual formation of like, uh, is how, like, how exactly the seminarians like live, uh, like, uh, like the two big aspects of spiritual formation for seminarians is two things that they will be going, will the two big biggest kind of things spiritual that they will be encountering every single day as a priest, and that is the mass and the liturgy of the hours. So, like, um, like, um, what role do does the mat? What role do the mass and the liturgy hours play in seminary formation? Yeah, so we're 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 um, invited to do it in a private private setting. Uh, for example, my my day starts with uh, early in the morning doing a morning uh, well office, office of reading, and when we are when we have some days where we're not we don't get together as a community and pray morning morning prayer. Um, actually, I do morning my uh, office reading, and then I do my morning prayer. Um, and of course, sometimes it, it can be in, in, in a casual kind of sense, uh, you know, uh, looking outside, looking how you know all what all the creation that God that God did, uh, with a cup of coffee, of course. Sometimes uh, that's how I do it. Yeah, and but if you keep doing these things. Um, it becomes a habit, but it's a good habit. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a bias. It's it's a good thing, and of course, you if you if you're encouraged to do it and you made the promise to do it every day, you grow as a person. It to also uh, canon law 
Brent, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't had a canon law yet, but he is currently in the midst of taking a canon law class. But canon law states that the priest is supposed to say mass and he has to do the liturgy of the hours under penalty of sin. Yes. So he's supposed to say mass and he has to do liturgy of the hours. So basically with, within, the, again, the practical side of things is you go to mass every day as a, sem- as a seminarian and you pray the liturgy of the hours every day within community, morning prayer and evening prayer, sometimes night prayer, depending on the seminary. But you do those things pretty much every day as a community so that, as Oscar said, it becomes a habit and it's built into you and it's like second nature. Okay, I go to mass, I pray my office. I go to mass, I pray my office. So that when you become a priest, you, even when you become a deacon, because as a deacon, you have to start praying the liturgy hours. And you, and as a deacon, I mean, ideally, if you're a deacon, you want to serve at the mass because you know you're going to become a priest unless you're permanent. But that's not what this is about. So practically speaking, it's drilling into you like, okay, mass is the most important part of the day because it's how you truly worship God. You also help uh, in that worship of God. And liturgy hours is also, it's, it's another, it's the other liturgy of the church. So you're also worshiping God within the liturgy, but in the liturgy of the hours, it's the entire church together. And as a priest and as a deacon, when you pray the liturgy of the hours, and even as a layperson, you are praying for the entire church with the entire church. This has been an adaptation of the Nash Vocations podcast for Nashville Catholic Radio in conjunction with the Vocations Office of the Diocese of Nashville. Shining the light of our Catholic faith in everyday life. This is Nashville Catholic Radio, 100.5 FM and streaming at NashvilleCR.com. What you doing with your phone? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager. Learning the lingo. Jelly. Jelly adjective. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org, brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. Corny, grown-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.